أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد So Sidi Ahmed Zarruq after giving a very brief explanation of these five things yesterday um, he said that to get to those five things, there's there's another five things that you have to keep in mind, and that you have to uh, you have to inculcate in yourself in order to be able to do those five things. So you, now he mentions five things in order to do those five things. Um, he says, "وَأُصُولُ ذَلِكَ كُلِّهِ خَمْسَةٌ One is عُلُوُ الْهِمَّةِ A person has to have a lot of courage. They have to have high courage. If you're not courageous, this is a really big undertaking. You will, when you realize, in the, in the beginning everybody wants to do it because they hear some story about, oh, you know, Sheikh Flan, this and that, and then he flew in the air, and then, you know, the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, the angels came down, rained out of the sky, and like, took out the Mushrikeen and Badr, and you get real excited, you know, uh, and who wouldn't be? But, uh, uh, um, at the same time, uh, uh, you don't know what you're getting into. So that's the famous Moana Tamim taught, taught from the uh, few lines of poetry in cl- the classical Persian poetry. Um, he, he, he said that's the opening line of the Diwan of Hafiz. This is one of the most, one of the most uh, celebrated, uh, f- maybe one of three or four canonical poets of the Persian language. Uh, Hafiz Shirazi, he was called Hafiz because he actually was a Hafiz of Quran uh, 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 amongst other fadail that he had so Hafiz his, his uh, the opening line of his diwan was Alaya ya saqi adir ka'san wa nawilha ki ishqasan awal namud wa le uftad mushkilha this is the first part of the the first uh, hem, hemi-stitch of the line is is in Arabic and the second hemi-stitch is in Persian. He says, Oh, uh, uh, oh, Saqi. And the Saqi is the one who pours the wine in the, in the gathering. He says, Oh, Saqi, uh, 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 take down a cup, uh, fill it up and hand it to me. Because in the beginning, uh, being in love seemed like it would be easy. And that's when all the problems started. <laughs> And so anyone who's taken the tariqah or fallen in love in any other way <laughs> knows that that's generally the order of how it works. <laughs> uh, but, but at any rate, a person has to have a lot of courage because once they, once they realize what they've gotten themselves into, then a lot of people peter out, so it won't work. Um, and so without these prerequisites, the other five things, how are you going to get to them? Uh, and there's there's a lot to say, but it's good. I'll, we'll let the author speak. Wahfuzul Hurma. You have to um, you have to keep the sanctity of things. Hurma is the word meaning for something to be haram, but the lexical meaning of haram doesn't mean imper- isn't impermissible. The lexical meaning of haram is actually sacred. That's why the Masjid Al Masjid Al Haram. If it was haram, then no one could go there. But it's it's haram because it's sacred. You don't violate it. Uh, and just like that, the, 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 the thing that's haram in the, the, the fiqh 
those are the sacred boundaries Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has laid for you. Don't violate those things. <clears throat> but hurma doesn't only have to do with impermissible things. It has to do with everything. And it transcends fiqh. And this is something, unfortunately, unfortunately, many of our, many of our brothers have completely forgot this or they've kind of even turned away from this as a concept in deen. For example, uh, um, we met a sheikh in Makkah Mukarramah. He was from, he was from the Baloch Qom. There's a madrasa. Our akabir ran a madrasa since Ottoman times in Makkah Mukarramah, and it's still running. It's the only it's the only like non-state uh, 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 official state version of Islam uh, 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 functioning. Uh, institution of teaching deen in, in, in Saudi Arabia or in Makkah Mukarramah at, at any rate that I know of. And uh, uh, it's called the Madrasa Solatiya. It was, uh, it was given as uh, its endowment, initial endowment was given from the Princess Solat from Bhopal, from, from a woman, just like Fatima Fihriya built the, built the, the Qarawiyin. And so it was named after her, uh, a pious woman. And uh, 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 well, Allah knows who's pious or not, but if you look at the tawfiq of that, that madrasa, the original solatiya is actually now inside the haram. Uh, Allah Ta'ala accepted it, and then the government gave the, the people of the Ahl madrasa a, a different land grant outside of the, out, you know, in the outskirts of Makkah Mukarramah so they could build the madrasa properly. Uh, solatiya became the, basically the, the, the madrasa of the Hanafis in, 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 in Makkah Mukarramah. There is a madrasa the madrasa madrasul falah became the madrasa of the malikis the uh, uh, unfortunately it seems that the mashaykh and the falah made the to-do list of the of the 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 kind of official version of islam in in saudi arabia and so they turned it into like a high school now i mean it's still there but it's there's they don't teach the deen anymore uh, and then the shafi'is i forget what what the name of their madrasa was but that's also not my understanding is not functional anymore but solatia still teaches and they teach all three madahib over there uh, and uh, at any rate, so coming back to uh, what we were talking about, the Hifl al uh, uh, um, I'll, I'll remember that point in a second. But the point is, is that many of our brothers seem to have forgotten or turned away from the idea that, that a person you know, needs to retain the sacredness of things inside of their heart. Yes. So one of the Asatis and the Madrasa Solatiya, we went and visited him one time. And he was from the Baloch Qom. And he, he said that when my people come to make Hajj or Umrah, he said that the, in the Hanafi Madhab, <coughs> it's permissible to make, or it's not permissible, it's recommended to make Ishara with one or both hands to the black stone when you pass by. The Maliki Madhab, you don't make Ishara, you, just, you, don't, you don't wave, you just say Allahu Akbar. And so he said that, I tell my people, you may see everybody else wave with one hand like this. He goes, it's haram for you. And he explained, <clears throat> he said that in our qom, uh, um, just showing like the palm of your hand to somebody, the open palm of your hand is like, it's like basically what he described like the equivalent of like flipping someone off. <laughs> so he goes, you can't do that if you want to make ishara, you got to do it with two hands. He goes, everybody else, if they make with one ishara, don't worry about them with one hand. So if you do it, it's not, it's not right. And he mentioned an entire story behind it. Uh, uh, I'm not going to mention it right now, but why, how that came to be like an insulting, 
and insulting uh, Ishara, but maybe some other time I'll mention it. Maybe like on when we're between cities or something like that. But the point is, is what? Is that every people, there's, there, there are many things that they have in their own life and standards that they have in their own life. Uh, the, the proper way of a salik is what? Is that they should apply better standards to the deen and to Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But if a person at least has some shame, they should at least give the same level of respect. So, uh, you'll see, for example, like in our culture, uh, um, it's, it's, it's considered impolite to stretch your feet in the direction of the Qibla. Um, the matter is what? Is that people who well, it's not haram, I see everyone else doing it. Well, if you have that bother inside of you, that this may not be respectful, then don't do it. You don't have to judge. You don't have to go around and like tell everybody else not to do it. You don't have to like change the world or whatever uh, with regards to that. The change the world things are those things that are clear parts of the parts parts of the deen. <clears throat> these some of these things they may be something very personal for you. You may not. Nobody else may understand or know or have that feeling that you have. But if you have that feeling, then you have you know you have, you. Show some respect. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his own book, he says, ذَلِكَ وَمَنْ يُعَظِّمُ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ In such a way, whoever magnifies the, <coughs> magnifies the, the, uh, the, the, the signs of the deen that, Allah ta'ala, that belong to Allah Ta'ala, uh, that is a sign that there's taqwa inside of the heart. And so you notice he's saying five things will lead to five things. Literally, Allah Ta'ala is making a link between one of the things that leads to one of the other things that's mentioned in the text. Um, and so a person should be very careful about those things. And your heart will tell you what's what. And, you know, simple things like the way you carry the mushaf, simple things like the way you adjust the, 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 the prayer mat, Many of these things I don't tell people because they'll be like, you know, overwhelmed or annoyed or whatever. And in general, people don't seem to like to be told what to do, even if it's like, like good advice. But you'll see things like people from the Muslim world will do simple things, like when they adjust the prayer rug. Do you have to pray on a prayer rug? No. Does a prayer rug have any status in the Sharia at all? Absolutely not. You, in fact, the Sunnah is to go pray in the grass and in the dirt and the sand and things like that, right? But you'll see that people, because it has some connection to the salat, the way that they carry it, the way that they adjust it. I, uh, one brother once I told him, or I, I asked him, he, he, he put down a prayer rug and he has shoes on, and so he's adjusting it around with his shoes on. He said, please don't touch it with your shoes, and he flipped on me. <clears throat> I'm, the brother is a very pious guy, mashallah. Right now, he, he's, probably, he's probably the one who would, would be the other way around now. But at a time in one's life, that's the, the weird like tarbiyah that we receive, that this is like a standard for deen. This is not a proper standard for deen. This is a standard for destroying deen in people's hearts. Because what you're removing the hurma of, of, of everything that, that's connected to Islam. You'll notice this, that, that pious people from the Darul Islam, forget about with shoes on, they won't even adjust a prayer rug without their shoes on. They'll adjust it with their hands. As a kid, you're like, dude, like, you know, what am I going to do all these things? Once you understand what the hikmah behind all of these things are, they, all of them, they serve as a, uh, a, 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 an opportunity to remember Allah Ta'ala and to show Allah Ta'ala your, your, your love for Him and your honor for Him and your respect for Him. Um, if there's a small child, what is he going to do? Is he going to buy you a Tesla? No. What is he going to do? Is he going to build a factory for you or give you like a billion dollars or 
pay your university tuition or pay off your house. No. How does your child like show his his or her love for you? They make like a scribbly drawing and <clears throat> why does it mean something to you? Because you know they tried their best and you know they remembered you, etc., etc. What are we going to do for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Our namaz and our... our all, what, are, what, what is it we can do for Him? We can do nothing. These are the small things that we can do for Him. The ones who love Him will do these things. The ones who don't love Him, they're not going to... This is not going to be an occasion to, to, to show any, uh, any love whatsoever. Rather, it's uh, in the uh, it's minhuma and warsh is minha and in, in, in hafs the uh, the ashabu kahf, sorry the 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 surah al kahf there's a story about two people who, uh, who uh, have uh, gardens and they 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 gardens mean like an orchard uh, um, they argue with one another and uh, uh, there's a pious one and an impious one and the impious one says what he says anyway all of this stuff that you're talking about about remembering Allah Ta'ala and this and that and, 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 and the other thing, reforming your life for the better. He goes, I'm not really sure it exists, but even if it does, like, God would forgive me. <laughs> and that's unfortunately, that's a standard of piety amongst us. Allah Ta'ala mentions it as a sign of somebody who doesn't respect Him. That's from amongst us a standard of piety. We assume that, like, yeah, this is we already have this made. Now I just have to take care of my dunya, um, and it's made for the people who worry about it. If you worry about it, it's a sign that it's made for you. If you don't worry about it and you take it for granted, it's a sign that it's not made. You, people misunderstand what does it mean that Allah is ghafoor and rahim. Allah Taala is for forgiving and merciful. You only get forgiven if you like feel like you did something wrong. You only get forgiven if you ask, ask for something. Uh, if you don't, then what is there to forgive? Uh, uh, you're out on your own. So the hifdul hurma is that, that you, should be, you, know, you should be cognizant of the sacredness of things around you. And so if this is the case uh, with, with the Ahlullah, with things like the prayer mat, or with things like how you carry books, or uh, you know, how you sit facing the qibla and things like that, then how much more should it be for those things that are mansus, that are actually there mentioned in the Qur'an, the salat, the fasting, the, 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 the things that are haram. You know, a brother, Jazahullah Khairan, he called, he called me out real good for this. There's a Mexican restaurant in Seattle called Gordito's. Um, their vegetarian food is very good, mashallah. Um, perhaps before having so much knowledge about these things, I ate other things over there as well. Other than pork, alhamdulillah. And uh, uh, um, I remember a brother who was not, you know, by any average standard, a scholar or whatever, but he's a very pious brother, mashallah. Um, he, I, I was like, oh man, Gordito's, their, their burrito was so good. And uh, he goes, Mulana Saab, I'm pretty sure that uh, it's haram to describe carrion as, as being tasty. <laughs> so I said, okay, fine. <laughs> Why? Because he understood this is if something is if something is haram in front of the Lord, you can't just say that it's good. You may feel that it's good. Allah Ta'ala will excuse that as long as that that feeling doesn't manifest itself in action or in, in, in words. Uh, and these things they have an effect. A person thinks oh freedom of speech, First Amendment, 
big deal. You know, you say whatever you want as long as you don't like do anything wrong. The speech that a person has is like, it's like an intermediary between their, their, their beliefs and their, their, uh, their actions. In one way it's an action, in one way it's like an interpretation of a person's aqidah. And uh, uh, a person needs to be very careful about those things. Uh, and some people get really sensitive about like, oh, you use some expression that's not politically correct or whatever. That's fine. Don't use those either. I'm not like advocating it. But also, what's correct with the Lord, Jalla wa'ala, a person should be very careful about that. So hifz al-hurma, a person should remember the sanctity of certain things and show those things uh, uh, their sanctity. Uh, like we do for so many other things. Like we do for so many other things, but... Um, those other things that we show sanctity for, they may not even be from the deen of Allah Ta'ala, that's fine. But like, you know, like, just like you wouldn't speak a certain way in front of your boss at work, or you wouldn't do certain things in, the, in, in your workspace, why would you do them in the masjid? Why would you speak that way with, with the ulama or with the salihin or with your parents or with your, your uh, you know, people that the sharia sanctions respect for? And the third is husn al-khidmah, that a person should be good in service and doing service for one another. That's why, mashallah, you got so much, so many du'as from Ali's father yesterday. Because, like, simple things like that. I mean, it remind, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me even in my own khanqa uh, that, that, that I used to carry the chai from, or not used to, just a short number of days I spent there. But, like, during the times I, would, I was there, I would ask to carry the chai and the the, the uh, different uh, uh, whatever like snacks and whatever that, that they used to hand out in the majlis sometimes. And uh, uh, the problem with someone like me is when I do things, when I, anything I do, when I get up, I sit down, I enter the room, I exit the room, it becomes like a spectacle, like a distraction. Um, because people are like, who is this big guy and where did he come from, blah, blah, blah. But Shaykh Rahimullah Ta'ala wa Qaddasallahu Sirrahu, he was very happy. He said, I used to do the same thing in our Khanqa. Uh, and uh, 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 he, he asked me, he says, why do you like doing this? I said, because Allah Ta'ala said, that I'm nothing but the distributor and Allah is the one who gives. And the Shaykh, was say, he, the Shaykh Rahimullah Ta'ala is a Sayyid, so he, say, he says that, that, that I'm also the Ibn Al-Qasim. And he became happy when I, when I said that. Uh, uh, um, but the idea is what? The more you do service for other people, the more you'll receive the barakat that you need to get through this path and it's a quick way of getting to it. Because how much zikr are you going to do yourself? Uh, mashallah, our munshideen that, 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 that saying yesterday, you know, you have, even though I, you guys noticed I like, you know, had a little thick discussion with them and things like that. But the idea is you got to really appreciate that these guys, this is like makes them happy. This is what this is the sound system they got. Like teenagers go out and buy a boombox and like whatever subwoofers and things like that. These guys went out and got like a PA system so that they could sing the Madhav the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How many times every one of them said La ilaha illallah? How much kafiyat of iman came into them? They're not, and I'm not saying this to like whatever look down. They're not hyper educated people as far as Deen is concerned. In fact, they don't even seem for with regards to dunya to be, you know, whatever, getting the Einstein seed in, like, whatever, theoretical physics anytime soon. But look at how much the kefiyat of Iman came into all of them, uh, regardless of all the weird, like, daily hustles and business and this and that that everyone has to go through. And mashallah, Miyaji is handing out mutai and, and uh, uh, green tea, so he gets the reward of all of it. That's the secret of doing khidmah properly. 
Uh, it's not because you know the ulama are bad at business and marketing, and so they need slave labor for free. It's not that's not the reason for it, or that the masjid is too stupid to be able to hire a janitor or something. I mean, those some of those things actually may be true as well. Uh, I, I admit that the possibility is there, and I have seen it maybe once or twice. But <clears throat> that's not why a person. That's not why a person does it. A person does it for their own uh, benefit and their own saluk. Nufudh al-azma. Nufudh is an interesting, interesting word. Nufudh means for the arrow to leave the 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 bow, to cross the bow. Like you fire the arrow, once it's let loose, that's what nufudh uh, 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 means. And so it means then after that. <clears throat> metaphorically for something to be carried out so the others the, in Urdu they usually use nafaz or nifaz which is the, it's the same it's essentially the same it's the same root um, the idea is what that something that that's a theoretical thing it should be implemented because the arrow as long as it's it's knocked on the bow uh, um, it's not going to hit anything it has to be fired in order for it to be effective the bow and arrow before the arrow is shot, uh, um, neither thing is of particular amount of use. It's only useful once, it only has the possibility of being useful once <clears throat> the arrow crosses the, 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 the bow uh, at a high speed, then, then something happens. So, azma is the, in sarf, the ismu marra, azm is a word for intention. There are a number of different words for intention in Arabic language. Some of them describe an intention that's very weak. Azam is the one that's very strong. Azam is the level of intention a person has in their heart when they've already decided they're going to do something and they're, it's, not, it's just not done yet. The only thing left is for it to, to happen. So for example, you're going to press the button. Right before you press the button, you have azam. Like in your mind, you've already pressed the button. You've made the decision and this and that. So sometimes at that point, things still don't happen. But generally speaking, things happen at that time. So if a person has that, that strong intention to do something, you have to do it. You have to make sure you do it. You have to be careful what you make the intention to do. This is one of the things one of the brothers went to visit their sheikh, and uh, he, uh, <clears throat> I asked him, what did your sheikh tell you? He said that the, the Ahlullah, their nufud of of the nufud uh, al-azma was such that you know if it came in their mind that I'm going to give $10 for the sake of Allah Ta'ala they would give it he said shaitan will come to you with a second thought and say no give $100 and then you'll say uh, uh, you know when I get my paycheck then I'll give it and, and it never happens so he said that just give the $10 right there he said as far as the awliya of Allah Ta'ala are concerned they give the $10 right there and they give the $100 separately afterward but the more important of the two for your saluk is what? It's the thing that you said, you're, you're, you decided you're going to do. You have to do, you must make sure it gets done. And this is, this is a, a skill called competence. It's very important. An employee is useless without this skill. And a salik is even more useless without this skill. Employees do it for their boss in order to get paid more money or get a, you know, whatever, a better cubicle at work or whatever. 
This is for, for your own rectification and for the benefit of the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and above everything else for the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. <coughs> and uh, uh, the, 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 fifth, uh, the fifth prerequisite for the other five things we mentioned is ta'zimun ni'mah that a person must always magnify and hold as great the, the blessings Allah Ta'ala gave. And so you see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to thank Allah Ta'ala for everything. He used to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the water he drank. He used to thank Allah Ta'ala for the clothes that he was wearing. We have this 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 problem that what that the thing that we have we take it for granted, we're not thankful for it, and then we have an insatiable need for more. It's fine if you need more, if you want more, even in some cases it's permissible, there's nothing wrong with it. But don't ever let it be at the expense of uh, of honoring what Allah Ta'ala has already given you. Right? Because that's, that's that, that, that lack of gratitude, that is what kufr is. Kufr, one of the meanings of kufr is severe ingratitude. Uh, and the severe ingratitude is like, the, the disbelief is like a, a, a metaphor for it. And in fact, kufr is of two types. There's two, two different categories of kufr. One is a type of extreme ignorance that you just don't know. Um, and the other one is a, 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 a severe type of ingratitude. And that's the worst kind. Because Iblis knew Allah Ta'ala exists. And there are many kibar shayateen. They understand when the mutakallimun sit with the simple proofs regarding the existence of Allah Ta'ala. They understand it better than you and I do. It's not that they don't know that Allah Ta'ala is there or they think that it's impossible for Him to be there or any of those things. It's just that they don't want to carry the, the burden of, 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 of paying the debt to Allah Ta'ala back. You loan somebody money, <clears throat> they know you gave it to them, you know you gave it to them, they duck out and stop answering their phones and this and that and the other thing. It's not because of like a lack of knowledge. In fact, they're doing all of it because they know exactly what happened. Right, taklif, which is the moral responsibility that every human being carries uh, with them, it's it's taklif. It's difficult. It's hard. Some people just don't want to carry it. They just they don't, they want to abandon their post and, and bail. Uh, but the idea is that that uh, what is it? Like we mentioned yesterday, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, The one who tucks tail and runs, the one who turns on their heels and runs away, it doesn't harm Allah Ta'ala in the least. However, the people who show thank, thankfulness to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, um, Allah Ta'ala will reward them. Meaning staying at your post and, and <clears throat> doing your best to pay back your debt to Allah Ta'ala, doing your best to uh, 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 carry the burden, the moral burden of moral responsibility Allah Ta'ala gave you. Uh, the people who do that, Allah Ta'ala will reward them. Sheikh continues, The person, this is because the person whose uh, courage is high and strong, that person will always, uh, 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 will always have a higher rank. The more courageous and ambitious a person is, the higher, the higher they're going to go. And the person who is careful to keep the sanctity of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will keep that person's sanctity. And the person who their service is beautiful, is good, 
that person, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, makes it, makes it uh, obligatory that that person be a noble and, noble and generous person. The word karama is, describes both nobility and generosity. Uh, that nobility is, is because of your lineage. And generosity is a sign that you're noble. That the two of them used to go together. And so the the lineage may fail you. It's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. The person who is slow to do good deeds, that person's lineage is not going to speed them up. Uh, uh, so the, the, the fact that you do khidmah for others, this is a sign that you're a noble person. Even if you're a person of noble birth and you can't do khidmah, this is a sign that whatever you're supposed to get in your whatever chromosomes, it skipped you. It's, you got the, the recessive, recessive gene or whatever uh, with regards to your nobility. وَمَنْ أَنْفَذَ عَزْمَتَهُ دَامَتْ هِدَايَتُهُ And as long as a person keeps... Uh, keeps uh, uh, implementing and executing their intentions to do good, uh, Allah Ta'ala will keep giving them more and more hidayah. Allah Ta'ala will keep showing them the way. The person who learns and then makes action on their knowledge, Allah Ta'ala gives them more knowledge. And the person who learns and doesn't make action on their knowledge, then the, the, the knowledge stops. This is the reason why the most genius people uh, in, in the history of the Ummah, they were all people who were pious people. This is why Bukhari is reading two rak'ahs before entering his hadith into his collection. Shah Abdul Qadir wrote the first, he's the son of Shah Ta'ala. he wrote the first translation of the Qur'an into Urdu. Now we do Qur'an tarjuma, tarjumatul Qur'an very easily. It's like your first year or whatever, like little burner class that maybe like some relative of the principal of the madrasa will teach or something like that. Um... Well, how did Shah Abdul Qadir do it? He he was continuously for uh, uh, some I think seven years, eight years, four years, something like continuously in i'tikaf. He would fast by day, and uh, 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 and he would he would pray uh, and make dhikr by night. And uh, while he was fasting, he he wrote the tarjuma. He wrote the 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 the, the, the translation uh, of the Quran. Obviously, the Quran doesn't translate. In the way that we, you know, that you can have a certified translation or whatever, the translation is a type of tafsir, and just it's just a tafsir in a different language. But the idea is that that he 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 worked on his translation like that. Why, whoever Allah Taala gave the deepest amount of knowledge in this ummah to, um, those people were pious people, and they're the ones whose books are useful. They're the ones whose books are read, um, because if you have good knowledge then you can do good action you can't if you're a jahil you know you may think like oh look i'm a good person you're not a good person um the only way a jahil can be a good person is to admit that they're a jahil and ask allah for hidayah um but uh, uh, uh the person who has knowledge has a rutbah over the person who's a jahil and then the person who makes amal on his knowledge allah ta'ala gave him such a rutbah that what that if you make amal on the knowledge you have allah ta'ala will give you more knowledge uh, as well so whoever whoever keeps executing their their solid intentions, Allah Ta'ala will keep giving them more and more hidayah, more and more guidance. وَمَنْ عَظَّمَتْ عَفْوًا وَمِنْ عَظَّمَتِ النِّعْمَتِ فِي عَيْنِهِ وَمَنْ عَظَّمَتِ النِّعْمَتُ عَفْوًا فِي عَيْنِهِ شَكَرَهَا 
ومن شكرها استوجب المزيد من المنعم بها حسب ما وعده حسب ما وعده الصادق. He says, as for the one who magnifies the blessings of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, or as for one who the blessings of Allah are great in his eyes, or in his eye, that person will be thankful for what they have, and the one who is thankful for what they have, it's it's. Incumbent that or obligatory that that blessing will be increased from the one who gave that blessing in accordance to uh, 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 in accordance to uh, his uh, true promise uh, and it's a reference to the Quran wala in shakartum lazidan nakum that if you're uh, if you're thankful I will uh, I will uh, I will increase you. Inshallah, we can stop here. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.